My name is Dean Proctor, and welcome to today's episode of the What Is This? podcast. In late 2019, I came into possession of several thousand 45 RPM records from the 1950s to 1980s. In excitedly pulling them from the boxes to examine them, and having been a music fan for my whole life, many of these artists and their records were familiar to me. At other times, though, I found myself, after putting one on a record player, asking, what is this? This podcast, focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection, complete with their pops, crackles, and Q-burn intact, is an attempt to answer that question. What is this? Well, today we're sifting through my 45s and examining a musical phenomenon called answer songs and and simply put answer songs are those that are written as a response or a reply to an earlier song performed usually by a different artist now the idea of answer songs became extremely common in r&b and country music in the 1950s and 60s where it generally took the form of a reply song made by a member of the opposite sex so To start off our What Is This playlist this time, we're going to begin with the question song to an answer song. It's from 1962, and it was recorded by Claude King. They say don't go on Wolverton Mountain If you're looking for a wife Cause Clifton Clowers has a pretty young daughter. He's mighty handy with a gun and a knife. Her tender lips are sweeter than honey. Wolverton Mountain was a hit that established King's career as an American country singer and songwriter in 1962. The song spent nine weeks at the top of the Billboard country charts in 1962. It was a giant uh, crossover hit, too, number six on the pop charts even, and number three on the easy listening chart. And, of course, the success of that song led to an answer song. This was recorded by Florida pop rock and roll singer Joanne Campbell. And I would say this is even more than a response song. It was a full-on rewrite of the original song, but from the point of view of Clifton Clower's daughter. The song was called I'm the Girl from Wolverton Mountain. It was Cameo Records single C223X. The original song was a number one hit. This answer song only reached number 38 on the Billboard Hot 100. But the country charts were far from the only place where this phenomenon of answer songs was heard. The following year, the pop charts included another example of what I'm talking about here today. Songwriter Bob Gaudio reportedly took only 15 minutes to write a song that was originally called Jackie Baby. It was named in honor of then First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy. Well, that name just didn't seem to fit, and Gaudio thought maybe we'll call it 
Perry Baby. It was named after the record label, which in turn had been named for the label owner's daughter. But that didn't work either. Once they got in the studio, they tried Terry Baby. Now, if you've already jumped ahead of me at this point, you know what the song ended up being. And feeling that that song was ripe for a female answer song, the Four Seasons record producer Bob Crew signed a young singer called Nora Ferrari, and she was just 19, to a contract. He immediately changed her name to Tracy Day, and he assigned her this song. Your Sherry was released on the Four Seasons' own record label, VJ. It was number 467 in their catalog, and in Canada, you can find it on the Rio label, number 8688X. Now, that answer song did get some airplay in New York radio, and oddly enough, made the top 10 in Fresno, California. It didn't become a national hit. Answer songs, though, weren't always done by opposite-gender artists. In the following cases, there were some answer songs by artists that were replies to earlier releases of their own. Let's start with this one. It's an absolute classic rock and roll song written by Jerry Allison and Norman Petty and recorded and released as a single by Buddy Holly in early July of 1957. It was originally called Cindy Lou, and it was named for Holly's young niece. Later, they changed it to Peggy Sue, in reference to a girlfriend and future wife of Jerry Allison, the drummer for the Crickets. If you knew Peggy Sue, then you know why I feel blue without Peggy. My Peggy Sue. Oh, well, I love you, Kelly. I love you, Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue went to number three on the Billboard Top 100 in 1957. On a reel-to-reel -reel tape discovered after his February 1959 death, it was discovered that Buddy Holly had been accompanying himself on guitar and recording a number of demos of songs while in his apartment in New York City. And one of those songs was an answer or sequel to his hit song, Peggy Sue. And in case you ever wondered what happened to Peggy Sue, well, Holly worked up an answer. Please don't tell, no, no, no. Don't say that I told you so. I just heard a rumor from a friend. I don't say that it's true. 
I'll just leave that up to you If you don't believe I'll understand Following his death, anything that could possibly be released was. And that included use of this apartment demo. They gathered some studio musicians together, recorded some backup vocals, and released it in June of 1959. I'll just leave that up to you if you don't believe. And in 1996, there was another version produced using the original Buddy Holly vocal, but this time with instrumentation and backing vocals from the British invasion band, The Hollies. That included returning member Graham Nash. The band always claimed that their name was a tribute to Buddy Holly, so this seemed fitting. And this version of Peggy Sue Got Married came out on a tribute album called Not Fade Away, and it was a masterful production. Please don't tell, no, 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 don't say that I told you so, I just heard a rumor from a friend, I don't say. Well, there's cleverness and creativity in answer songs, and then there's just downright pandering for the sake of money or to perpetuate a fad or a franchise, and sometimes even that works out. In 1960, a two-year-old song by Hank Ballard and the Midnighters was covered and re-released by a singer named Ernest Evans, and it became a worldwide sensation, but not under the name Ernest Evans, under a name that was a play on the name Fats Domino. They called him Chubby Checker. That song, and of course the accompanying dance that it describes so well, became popular two full years later and went back to the top of the charts in 1962. And in the meantime, in an effort to ride the wave of popularity and despite recordings promoting other contrived dances, in 1961, Chubby Checker came back with an answer song of his own. And I'm playing both of these, Twist and Let's Twist Again, from a double-sided German release on the Columbia label. 
Answering one's own song for the sake of money, or as I said, to perpetuate a fad or a franchise, doesn't always work out though. And you can just ask Bobby Pickett about that. Bobby Pickett belonged to a band called The Cordials. And during concerts, he would often clown around and do a spot-on Boris Karloff impression during that spoken break in the song Little Darlin' by the Diamonds. Well, from that event came an imaginary group, the Crypt Kickers, and their lead singer, Bobby Boris Pickett. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly... To my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. From my laboratory in the castle. That was a number one song in 1962, and it recharted in 1970, and it recharted again in 1973. But the B side. It was called Monster Mash Party. It wasn't nearly as good. Master, I want to mash. I'll take your chains off later. So, no. Answer songs, and more specifically, answering one's own song doesn't always equate to chart success. But these are just a few from my collection that made me ask, what is this? And I hope today's episode has been informative and fun for you too. What Is This is a podcast focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection of 45 RPM records. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your own social media circles and encouraging others to subscribe. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or any episode for that matter, email me at deanproctor at gmail.com. That's Dean with an E. And until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>